Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and welcome to the Framestore podcast, a podcast dedicated to learning and talent development created by Framestore for Framestore. On this week's pod, we continue to change things up with not one, but two special guests invited to take on the Framestore podcast dailies, our 13 question grilling that will extend across today's part one and part two that will be out this Thursday. Joining us for this week's conversation are Johnny Dixon, Global Head of Production for the Labs Department and Senior Executive Producer, Jocelyn Deborn, also from Labs. This is a great opportunity to learn about an incredible corner of Framestore that you may not know a lot about and get inspired by some impressive work from this amazing team. So grab your beverage of choice, kick back and immerse yourself in episode 25 of the Framestore podcast, our Labs Summer Special. Welcome back to another episode of the Framestore podcast. Every two weeks, we invite both a guest from our global Framestore community and a co-host with a keen interest in our guest's role, craft or career path, and we let the magic happen. But on this week's pod, we continue to change things up with not one, but two special guests that will take on the Framestore podcast dailies, our 13 question grilling that will extend across today's part one and part two that will be out this Thursday. So let's do the intros. In no particular order, we have Johnny Dixon, Global Head of Production for the Labs Department. Johnny has been at Framestore for 12 years, building the mighty Labs team to what it is today. And other than a nine-year stint at MPC, we know little more about Johnny, so I'm very excited to open up the daily shortly. Joining Johnny, we have esteemed senior executive producer, Jocelyn Dibborn who has close to two years at Framestore and an impressive background in production and project management at numerous tech companies and advertising and marketing brands across a 20 plus year career. Yes, it's our Labs Summer Special people. I'm excited to have this conversation and I'm very much here to learn. So welcome to the podcast, Johnny and Jocelyn. How the devil are you both? Very well. Thank you, Simon. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Simon. Yes. No, it's good to have you both here for sure. And uh, yeah, first thing, I ne- this is the second episode where I've got that in one take. It never happens. I'd normally put you through about four or five takes. So this is a, this is a good day. And uh, I should also, I guess, give props to Mel, uh, our CEO, who actually suggested we do this episode a good while back now. I mean, I would say, I would argue probably about three or four months ago when we were getting the podcast off the ground. So belatedly having this episode but I'm happy to be having it and uh, particularly having one that focuses on focuses on the work you do in labs so so thank you for your time both and I know you're no, very busy no problem three months is, is pretty quick to get something off the ground in terms of uh, the labs calendar <laughs> that's very true very true so let's get into it then before we open up the dailies and I drop the dramatic sound effect as I always do uh, I'd love to ask the 
the biggest open question and probably one that's on everyone's lips is, you know, tell me about the labs department. What is it that labs do outside of the the, the, the definition that I did read and, and copy and paste from your LinkedIn profile, Johnny? I mean, what what's the responsibility of labs? What's the, what is the work? Uh, oh, it's a good question. It's a good question. And I would I, w- I would add that it probably evolves uh, and has evolved, you know, quite dramatically over the years. Um it's kind of the uh, the genesis of the whole thing was myself and Robin Carlyle, who uh, runs the sort of tech and creative side of labs. Um, we 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 had a vision, I suppose, when we worked back at the, I don't, almost twenty years ago now at, at MPC about you know sort of recreating the way that digital signage and exciting cinematic visuals would be embedded into cities and into the. The buildings and into you know every street you walked along and have this really cool cinematic effect to the whole thing and mm. and and that's kind of been the driver I would say um, and along the the route to that we've 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 become many things and discarded many things at the same time mm. um, but it's all been to do with big screens and away from televisions away from cinemas away from apps, away from PCs, away from tablets, away from phones. It's always been this one channel you can't change, you can't turn off, um, that is always kind of there. And and whether that's a high street or a museum or a city centre or or whatever the the, the output is, um, we've been striving towards kind of trying to create, um, you know, business and and quality, I suppose, Mm. around what people know is a many things. I think some people call it digital outdoors. Some people call it out of home. Some people call it, uh, I don't know, many things. But um, it, it's been really driving towards just massive screens and big, crazy images. Yeah, I mean, I was looking on. Uh, yeah, as I all my all my research is exclusive to LinkedIn, so I'm sorry, I'm I'm not any more thorough than that. But uh, the the definition you put up, you know, it talks about the Emirates Stadium, London Stock Exchange, Somerset House. I mean, these are massive spaces. I mean, I don't know how long ago you wrote that. I'm sure it's evolved since then. <laughs> uh, like all of our LinkedIn profiles, we put up the uh, the blurb and we forget about it for ten years. But yeah, like I said, there's there's been many many. Um reincarnations incarnations of you know of, of, of labs and what it is um and we were very much you know driven towards real-time mm. use whether it was an engine that we wrote or an engine we used uh, and and really it was about trying to set ourselves apart from a quality content point of view you know we've always started with the screen itself and tried to work back like you say whether it was the Tate Modern or um, you know Valentino exhibition at Somerset House it was what's the what's the format of the of the output that we're working with and let's work back and see which technology we should use to be able to present the best um, you know kind of um, idea that we had that would bring the client's brief you know to life and when we would add multiple things and injections of technology and creativity along the way into into that brief to be able to to be able to pull the job off really and I suppose Mm. one of the things that we've always done is sort of try and shoehorn what the client wants into what we can deliver Uh, and whether that pushes us a little bit um, which has often been the case we've often taken on quite risky things 
um, under quite risky deadlines. But I think with a sort of compact, sharp team, um, you know, which we've always tried to kind of try to create, we've 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 had the opportunities to be able to do that. And and you know, sometimes it's worked exceptionally well, and sometimes it's just been a pop up. So um, I think I think we're getting better at it. And, yeah. and along the way, we've kind of discarded the elements that we we didn't want to take with us. Yeah. Um, and up until about three years ago, we were still entertaining almost anything um, that was within that realm. Um, and and then we started to sort of narrow down what we thought we should we should do because we started getting a sort of select type of client coming back to us for a certain thing, and and that revolved around data visualization mm -hmm. and we knew it was hard and we knew it was um the clients were fairly tricky and we knew that huge amounts of security and uh investment into platform understanding and development would be necessary so we we brought on people like jocelyn who were you know so key to what we do now um at a level of expertise you know in the world of the clients um and, and had some knowledge about what we wanted to do and, and sort of joined the vision if you will mm -hmm. um and brought a really a really great client facing element to what we did that we didn't really have yeah. before we had great engineering we had great creativity we had good leadership uh, but we didn't really have uh, the experience of, of of a Jocelyn who 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 kind of took took us to the next level in terms of what the client expectation was, you know how how the accounts would be handled and and, and the mm -hmm. experience that he has in that. So, you know, along with with with, with great signings like like him, um, yeah. uh, I would I would highlight Darren as well. We we started our own engineering team. I think we'd probably be only other department at Framestore that has its own engineering team. Um, we brought on some kind of key players mm. that would essentially, you know, be the foundation of what we're now calling a product. So, And how big is the team, Johnny? Um, it varies. I mean, it's gone up to 26 or so, um, okay. and at times it's been seven. So okay. it is quite dependent on, but but the, the growth has been there now for the last three or four years. Mm. And, yeah, we, we've got a kind of stable core uh, and then we use, um, you know, some contractors around um, the expansion um, and, and contraction of, of of what the job at the time actually requires. So, yeah, it's kind of core, really, probably is probably around 20. OK. And, and Jocelyn, we, we, we touched on your uh, you joining the team as a I, I love you coming in as a signing. It's great rather than just hey, we just added a new, new member to the team, like a you know, hardcore signing. You can like really almost as you say johnny you know bring take the team to that next level and it definitely feels like a real narrative journey you've been on as you say from when you and robin had the the inception of an idea i love the term digital outdoors almost sums it all up but almost it kind of you know not devalues it because i imagine there's the diversity of the spaces you work with much must be huge um and jocelyn how how did you segue into the team you know how did you get spotted as as lab's next big uh, big signing um, I was um, I was um, um, maternity cover for Marta. Ah, okay. I was the new Marta for, for <laughs> a little while before she uh, came back from maternity, um, and uh, I had I had been uh, working, um, you know, in in various uh, digital production 
um, you know, companies. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, when, when I, I got the opportunity to, to come in, um, I was, uh, I think there was a couple of other places and, uh, you know, the, the agent uh, I talked to was like, well, there's this, you know, place called Friendstore. Don't know if you've heard of it. Um, and as it, as it happened, and I know some people might laugh at this, but this was one of my top companies to work for ever. So um, oh, wow. I thought uh, this is this is a golden opportunity. I can't uh, let go. And then uh, I had um, yeah a few interviews, and then we we started to to work together. And uh, it's it's a, it's a very fast paced uh, environment uh, lab. So you've kind of go. It's like a runaway uh, horse, and you have to like. <laughs> <laughs> grab it, yeah. get on top of it, and uh, and then uh, start uh, you know uh, getting getting on top of things. So, but it's fine because I came from agency, and um, in the agency world, this is sort of is the, the the thing. But the difference here is here is that for me, it combined everything that I had experienced in my uh, career, mm-hmm. all in one place, with a focus on. Um, you know, on the one hand, delivering, um, you know, a product and uh, getting a product to enterprise level that is quite complex, but, um, you know, uh, also taps into what um, what I knew about from an experience and design experience and architecture mm-hmm. uh, point of view. Well, I work for consultancies, um, which actually did some work with um, friend store um, at some point wow. and uh, building experiences for clients so with the architecture side of things and digital um, having you know signage as a, um, an extension of what brands are, are trying to, to do and communicate with uh, you know multiple channels whether it's um, you know uh, short uh, films or you know a website or an app or mm. um, communicating to their clients um, in their headquarters, which have become, you know, a place, a destination for uh, for them to receive and communicate. So this yeah. product is key uh, to, to what, um, you know, those brands are trying to achieve. And, um, you know, I was like, well, I, I kind of know this and I enjoy it as well. So, mm. yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. I, I want to talk about um, how clients and brands get to work with with labs and how that that works, because that's clearly your your remit and your skill set. But one thing that really not concerns me, but when we talk about Framestore, because I'm still fairly new at Framestore, we talk about film and episodic, we talk about IA, talk about theme parks and rides. Why don't we talk enough about the work labs do? Because, and again, that's just my perception from where I sit. Maybe we do, but for me, it just feels like we should be shouting about this work. It sounds incredible what we, we're doing and what I've been reading. I think um, I think this is the nature of you know startup, and you know, we kind of think of ourselves or have been labelled in the past as a startup within Framestore. Yeah, and um, you know by definition, we kind of start something that doesn't already exist here, and. One of the, you know, one of the things that that brings to the table is that you don't really cross over mm. um, in in the in the front line very much with the with the existing services. You know, I would I would really count 
creative services in there, I would, you know, the artists um, in particular, you know, the kind of sea of artists that, we, that we're known for here. Um, we don't really tap into that side of things. Mm-hmm. We do tap heavily into engineering. We do tap heavily into um, management, senior management, um, you know, legal, accounting, all the rest of it. Um, and we, we, do, we do lean heavily on them. So we kind of the sort of, I suppose, the backroom boys and the and the, and the and the top floor people we work with a lot and, and integrate mm. with them a lot. But our our deliveries don't depend on the on the sort of core craftsman, if you will, you know, uh, at Frame Store. And um, although everyone's very interested, and you know, like yourself. Um, mm-hmm. We generate graphics. We generate graphics for screens in the same way that everybody else, you know, in this company does. That's the still the you know the output. Yeah. Um, but we go about it in a slightly different way, uh, and we generate tools um, and we write a lot of code that enables us to um, deliver the products that the clients you know have asked us to do. So the crossover happens at very um, inconspicuous places that aren't highlighted you know, by, by what Framestore's kind of front page news is. So I think that's got something to do with it. Okay. I think, you know, we have, uh, I mean, I was going to say a shut door, <laughs> with our door shut, but we don't really have our door shut. I think, you know, because there's not a lot of traffic, you know, around us, there's not a lot of talk around us. And I think that really has been um, the, the prime factor in, in us not being, as integrated as, mm-hmm. as as potentially you know some of the other departments that you listed there, um, but I don't, you know, we don't see it as a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. We we know we're slightly different. We we enjoy being slightly different. We we, we do things slightly differently, and we have quite a lot of autonomy within that. We've had a, a level of success over the years that have that has um, given us that level of autonomy, and there's a there's a certain amount of trust um, that. Um, that senior management give us. And I think some of that has been down to some of the sort of meticulous decision-making and conservative growth approaches that we've had to this. We always wanted it from day one to be part of Framestore's roster for the next 20, 30 years. Mm. Um, you know, we always saw it as a, a long-term department um, uh, with long-term goals and long-term growth prospects um, and ideas. And, as we saw the world changing, we thought we would, um, you know, ride that boat, so to speak. And the world has changed in our favour. And, you know, one of the top growth areas in, in, you know, in imagery, if you will, has been the digital signage market and, mm-hmm. and the need for more. Um, you know, we saw that amplified in, in lockdown, uh, you know, in the COVID years. It was, yeah. it was, it was very much um, a spike, if you will, in, in the in the signage world uh, and it, and it continues uh, and the demand is changing. You know, it was an industry driven by commercial advertising. Now people want the commercial advertising along with, you know, um, some much more in, interesting, you know, way of messaging to people and integrating with, um, with the trusted devices that everybody has in their pockets. So it's, it's a world that's changing. It's a world that's evolving and it's, you know, a couple of people summed it up quite well. Robin Robin did so very well when he said that it's a world that very recently has moved from this old school kind of AV mafia yeah. into into an IT world mm-hmm. um, and where computers have taken over. 
really from the kind of old AV setup. So it's kind of a collision of being in the right place at the right time um, and, and also trying to instigate that vision, you know, that we had um, and using using the Framestore banner as a, as a, you know, a battering ram, if you will, to sort of stress to people that the the quality of the imagery on all these screens is really what should set them apart as a client. Uh, and that's, that's what we've been striving to do really. Yeah. I guess it further amplifies Framestore as a, as a world leading tech company rather than that kind of traditional model of a post-production facility or, or even VFX studio. Right. I mean, in teres of, you know, the, the work you're doing, it sounds like I said, it sounds incredible. Exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. That's, that's, that's well put. I mean, we're very keen on, you know, as a company on the diversity of, of what we do. Uh, and you, you listed a load of, um, you know, departments or, or delivery types that 15 years ago, yeah. no one would have considered as a, as, a, as a market that was available to us to explore. And, you know, um, you know, we're one of those, we're one of those departments that have, that have chiseled out our own, our own market, you know, from, from sitting in the frame store spaceship, I love that. I'm all about the Framestore spaceship. We are in there now, and I'm expecting the uh, the podcast will for hopefully further amplify the uh, the labs the labs mission because we're a very popular podcast. I'm sure you've heard, you know, tons of subscribers. You know, we have people in Malaysia, Australia listening. You name it. Um, so anyway, I'm only joking. You don't you don't need this. Um, but jo- Jocelyn, um, I wanted to touch on the uh, the the agency and brand relationships, and almost again, this is more. I host this podcast because I just want to learn and I, you know, selfishly, hopefully people learn through, through me being a bit of a, an everyman, but how does a brand or agency get to work with the Framestore Labs team? You know, what's the, what's the route in for a, a brand or do you do all the hard work going out to market? So I think, I think the, the, the difference, you know, like I said, coming from agency where I had actually, uh, for one of my projects working for uh, a design consultancy approached Framestore <laughs> yeah, for uh, a, a particular client for uh, creating a, a new automotive brand in, in China at the time. Um, and, um, you know, and they were like, we want to make some content. And I was like, well, if you want to make some content, let me take you to a specialist, uh, you know, uh, agency. I think with labs, what happens and what uh, was of interest to me was that there's no agency, it's direct with the brand. And I think, uh, you know, in terms of uh, the brand managers are there, people who uh, are trying to uh, communicate what their brand is trying to uh, kind of send out to their uh, clients, uh, to the wider world, but more importantly, these days, back into uh, their own organization is uh, what that brand stands for. Um, and it's not just about the outside world, it's how you project yourself yeah. you know, inside as well. <laughs> and these signage, some of the, our clients, you know, they're on Times Square, uh, the Morgan Stanley uh, you know, uh, uh, client is, is a good example. So it's really outward facing. There's a lot of campaign about that, what's happening you know, at Morgan Stanley, but uh, with, with other clients, um, you know, really if you are invited to go into the office you're one of you know one of the vips of this world so all those screens they are in in inward facing and i think that's really important because um 
a little bit like um, people are used to, you know, how their apps are working on their phone. Um, people are now well educated with visually what they're presented in on a cinema screen or on when they're watching the next Netflix series. So yeah. the, the work that Framestore's doing out there on, on those other uh, medium kind of are uh, expected in terms of, you know, the level of sophistication that now brand managers want to bring to their messaging internally. Mm-hmm. And with what Labs does, is is the end to end. So you know you have you have the, the the impactful content that can be created, but it can be delivered in a in a very controlled environment. You know, a stock mm-hmm. exchange. You know, there's not many yeah. people who can go and and say they can do the end to end to you know things that are delivered in real time and can you know. Yeah, make an, an entire organization collapse in in high <laughs> in five seconds. Or, yeah. Um, so this is this is you know really really exciting really uh, work. Um, but no, we're not working with agencies. We're working directly with with clients. Literal brand, yeah. Oh, that's great. And you're right. I mean, you're right. I mean, I forget that you've got these massive uh, organizations like Morgan Stanley that have all that digital signage internally. It's not just out on the street, is it? I mean, it's. You're going Bloomberg and all these places, they're huge and they've got digital signage everywhere. Yeah, I, 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 I added up some of the uh, uh, the content we're doing for Goldman Sachs, uh, you know, across uh, this year and next year. And, it, and it, it tallies up to 90 minutes of content for each year. So essentially, they're, they're playing two feature films from us. I was going to say, same money time. That they've commissioned. Um, to talk to their staff. Wow, that's incredible. Well, I'm very keen to open up the dailies questions because I could talk about this forever, and we're already kind of well, well into like the uh, the twenty well, twenty five minutes, and I want to keep the conversation going. But when we get into the dailies questions, hopefully we can weave more of this conversation across the dailies because the um, yeah, that I wanted to ask about career advice for people who want to get into labs because it sounds like a really exciting career path. And I know uh, you mentioned Darren earlier, Johnny. You know, there's quite a lot of folk who have come in at that kind of early level and are already fo- forging a really exciting career path in, in your department. So I think we'll get into that when we get into the the careers advice uh, piece. But uh, if it's okay with you both, um, are you happy for me to drop the dramatic sound effect from a very great height and we'll get into the dailies? Very excited. Brilliant. I've got a thumb. Got a thumbs up from Johnny in his very dark room. They've turned the lights off on you already. It's not even the end of the day. And just there we go. There we go. Yeah, that's for the uh, that's for the audio listeners. Just, yeah, and just for us. Um, okay, well, let's get into it. I want to drop the very dramatic sound effect. And we are well into the dailies. Now, we always start off with kind of uh, information that I've already established, but I ask it anyway because it's the rules of the podcast. And question one is who, where, what? Who are you? Where are you? And what are you working on if you're allowed to talk about it? So uh, perhaps we can start with you, Johnny. You know, Feel free to reintroduce yourself if you want, or you can just go straight to what you're working on if you're legally okay. Yeah, of course. Um, um, I am... Johnny Dixon, and I um, started the department with Robin Carlyle, um, as I think we touched on earlier. Um, we did. My job is to is to keep the boat on an even keel. Not always the easiest thing to do, and I think Jocelyn touched on it earlier. Um, 
we at the moment are delivering on a daily basis for a large uh, a large investment bank, more uh, Goldman Sachs. Yes, try and get it right. And um, uh, they are building screen infrastructure all the time. Um, we've lit up a couple of screens yesterday. We've, um, I think we're up to about nine or 10 screens for them now of, 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 of different proportions and scales. Um, we are backing a product that we've built that does this. Um, it, it even has a product, a kiosk, an interactive kiosk as its kind of endpoint that we can visualize what the actual product is. Um, so yeah, it's about, it's really been a, recently in the last, the last year, it's been about, you know, forging, you know, that relationship and, and, and growing it, um, you know, to Jocelyn's point, it's like these are long-term relationships, you know, these are 10 year relationships. Uh, we've, yeah. we've got multiple clients coming up to 10 years, some gone over. Mm. Um, and this is, you know, this is all down to, you know, how we try to set it up. We get our infrastructure in there, you know, and we and we support it, and we build on it, and, and we become this kind of creative and technical partner for them. Uh, so that's what I'm up to. That's who I am. What was the last one? Oh uh, no, what are you working on, really? I think you've covered that already, Johnny, quite neatly. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jocelyn? Get, go through the motions. Tell me who you are, where you are, and what you're working on. I assume it's the same thing, but it might not be. Um, so I'm Jocelyn Deborn, I'm executive producer at uh, Labs, and um, I am working on a daily basis with uh, you know our, our main clients um, and delivering content uh, for their uh, internal signage system. Uh, we're working across three, four time zones, so it's a global uh, uh, delivery uh, yeah. going from India to, um, uh, you know, New York and Dallas and wow. uh, with the UK as well. So it's kind of, you know, it could be a, a 24-hour operation, uh, but we're trying to kind of um, juggle this. Um, and um, at the moment, we are getting the client to onboard onto the the, the uh, product this is a CMS so we're doing the content we are accompanying them into understanding how to use the system and then we're slightly easing them into using the system as well so, which is a bit challenging yeah. um, to manage people's expectations so I'm client facing but I also manage the uh, the talent uh, team mm -hmm. in terms of delivery uh, of uh, of the content um so we do uh 2d and 3d and uh, real time um we have experiential um you know visualization uh from the creative uh, technology team as well so it's 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 super varied um and uh, yeah loving it brilliant brilliant i think that's a good point you know the, what's what's amazing about i suppose what we do when we take it for granted is that there's about six different you know teams within what we're up to there's an engineering team and a support team there's there's um, sort of traditional artists there are um back-end developers um, making the you know sophisticated um tools that we need to deliver this uh, on the platform itself um there's production teams there's production assistants um there's a front-end team who write the interface who who code the interface and and the tools that go into the interface the client uses there are people designing those interfaces so there's a 
you know, and I'm sure we'll get onto this. There's there's a lot of access points, mm. you know, into you know into labs. Um, it's it's very wide considering the twenty odd core people that yeah. that, that work there daily. Um, so it is quite varied. And one of the things that we really insist on is that people spend as much time in the office as they can because they get to sit next to people who are building building computers you get they get to sit next to people who are designing interfaces they get to sit next to people who are who are writing the back end you know or in cloud services um and you know and, and, and talk to the people who are designing and architecting all of this yeah. you know you know mentioned robin already but robin is the kind of product owner hmm. uh, he works very closely with jocelyn and, and marta and the back end team to to architect really the you know, the whole product, um, you know, from a bird's eye point of view with all of its tendrils spread across every area that it needs to, it needs to interact with. So it's, mm. it's a really wide range of skill sets and, 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 you know, and, um, and types of, of people that we have. You know, so it's almost a kind of, it's, it's a whole pipeline in like 20 odd people. It's amazing when you think about it's it. It's exactly that. Yeah, it's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, and yeah, those entry points. And yeah, we will absolutely get into that. They they sound brilliant. And yeah, I'm, I'm already considering a career change myself just having this conversation. I might give up the, the L&D racket <laughs> and uh, see if I can get my break yeah. in labs. It sounds brilliant, honestly. And it sounds really hands-on. It almost like it almost sounds like you get your hands dirty a bit. Like you say, you come into the office, you, 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 you can't just, you can't really exist uh you know working from home exclusively right and you've got to be amongst no it's 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 the whole it's the whole product you know and there there are elements to it there's a there's a computing side a hardware side there is a cloud side and and there's an interface side and there's a content side you know and the content gets uploaded and and the content gets scheduled and and used you know and pumped out to all the different various places and 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 that's just the sort of day-to-day i mean we're regularly updating the tools themselves, the platform, updating the software that it, it runs on. Um, and that's all been architected as well to be able to be done centrally and, you know, deployed seamlessly across all the different time zones that Jocelyn's just mentioned, you know, yeah. and that's no mean feat. No, not at all. Not at all. It's incredible. And my next question is kind of redundant because I've already covered it in the introduction, which is kind of tenure. How long have you both worked here? So was I on factual ground earlier with uh, the, the years I spouted out, or do you want to uh, remind our listeners how long you've uh, you've been part of Framestore? Yeah, I think you, you got it right. I've been here for Did I smash it? Yeah. yeah, 12 years uh, next week or something. Yeah. Oh, wow. congratulations. Anniversary time. How about you, Jocelyn? Uh, it will be two years, uh, so it's, I'm pretty fresh. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, you've been here longer than me, so you know I, I get to play the newbie in here. You can be a, you can be a veteran for the purpose of the podcast for sure. And it sounds like the experiences you've had, you know, gives you veteran status already by the sounds of it. Um, so moving into, uh, I'm I'm quite interested in this one about kind of uh, it's, it's the break. You, you, what you consider to be your break in the visual effects industry. So perhaps let's start with with Jocelyn, and and not just the break that you, when 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 we talk about big breaks, we always talk about the the first job or the first, you know, when you got the job, but I'd rather talk about what, what was the moment for you that said, this is absolutely what I want to do. I mean, you touched on it a bit, Jocelyn, with your routine, but I'd love to hear more. Um, well, it's, it's, it's a bit of a weird one for me because I actually um, was uh, involved in, in um, building a, a studio for a feature film uh, years and years ago. Um, wow. It was a, uh, Dave McKean and Neil Gaiman uh, feature, and um, 
I um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a long story, but basically, I I got the opportunity to help build the um, the studio, um, um, going from the you know uh, the artist uh, systems and the, the stations that they, they were working on to the render farm and the network um, and um, and I was doing my masters and I wrote my dissertation. Uh, about the whole experience, which oh, was wow. uh, fantastic. Um, so yes, I think this is this is why I was well aware of what Framestore was doing. I, I have, I have, I found emails, uh, very old emails, to some people at Framestore, which who I came to interview for writing um, uh, my paper, and I got published, uh, which got me to uh, have a trip to Mexico uh, to present the paper, which I was wow. really pleased uh, about. Um, and after that, I think um, I'm one of those people who, uh, when they go to the cinema, uh, watch the credits and stay until the end and, yeah. and looks at, you know, who did the sounds uh, and who did the uh, the creatures. And, um, yeah. you know, so Framestore is, is up there, you know, yeah. so... I walk around the the building and I'm and I'm one of those people who are like, yeah, this is great. It's <laughs> great advice, though. <laughs> we'll talk about advice in a bit, but I, I've mentioned it on previous podcasts that I've got a nine year old son, and I, I one of our traditions is when we go to the cinema, you have to watch the credits. You you stay till the end, whether there's a cut scene at the end or not, or an end of credit scene. It's more to yeah. see the array of job titles. It's almost kind of like a all these job descriptions just kind of pouring out of this one Absolutely. project, whatever it is. I think it's uh, it's really exciting. And uh, yeah, anyway, I'm not talking about the career advice I'd give people, but I just love that we sh- you should always be a completist with any project. You should you should really respect the amount of people, the brevity of folks that worked on it. So I think that's a great great story there, Jocelyn. Thank you. How about you, Johnny? Tell me about how you got into this uh, this wacky wacky world um i started as a runner at a, at a company called telecine up oh, on uh, yeah. charlotte street um i don't know how many years ago it was 1997 or something and um i learned all about broadcast and i had to do loads of broadcast situations and beaming signals around the planet and um, I then moved into the music department there because I was much more into that. And we did tape duplication for, for all the masters for MTV and CD UK and whoever wanted the latest Eminem or Shania Twain <laughs> video. And um, then I, I moved into teaching people how to use the equipment that was done for that. And myself and an ex-BBC guy called Barry Day, uh, big up to Barry Day, um, we became a kind of training duo. He did the theory, I did the practical. And I people came from Ravensbourne and, and all sorts of different um, universities to come on our course and we put people through their paces and then people said, you know, and if I had an excellent student, I'd be like, you know, and I knew the people at Framestore, I knew the people at um, MPC and I knew the people at various places and they'd come to me and go, who's the sort of shining light, you know, for the machine room people? Because these mm-hmm. guys would go on to assist the flame suites and all those kind of um, technologies that were, were going around in the commercials world at the time. And then I ran the machine room at um, MPC. I think you mentioned that. And at one point I was fed up with it and I wanted to go and do these big screen ideas and these big screen in installations. And at the time it was a bit more arty than I was, than we are now, but it was much more that kind of thing. And 
I said to the I said to the MD there at the time. I said I'm gonna I've got a job over in over in uh, East London, working in the biscuit building. You know, doing you know weird installations with Japanese artists, and you know. And he said, "Why don't you do that here?" Okay. Uh, I was like, "No, you don't do that here." You know. And he said, "Well, we could do if you set it up." Wow. So they gave me a laptop and a phone and said, "Get on with it." And that was the beginning of sort of. Um, MPC Digital, and that's that's when I met Robin, and and we started working together. So, and then we combined our visions, and and um, and and it took us, you know, sort of five or six years of doing exactly what we we did, and then and then uh, I think William and Simon Worley was involved in bringing us over here. Yeah, I think they were keen on some of the work we were doing in the um, in the in the retail world because the retail signage was sort of picking up and we would we would done quite a few different installations kind of on a big european level and we'd managed it with a small team and we'd made good profit margins and, and it was quality work and uh, i think he saw something in that and and we agreed and we came over here and the two of us started again uh, and built the team up and, and and i think we described a little bit earlier about how we've kind of honed down through the kind of retail work into a much more uh sort of commercial um commercial client-based work um and yeah so now it's kind of the wall street side is one thing and then we've got real estate developers on the other side and i think we've still got this kind of cultural side that we we, we used to fulfill quite heavily but we, we we haven't done so much recently but i really want to get back to that um you know at some point the three kind of pillars so yeah i mean it's been you know runner up yeah, what a journey, what a journey. And how, uh, that relationship with Robin then, so what, I mean, you talk about you met him at work, but how did you get on that level where it was like, yeah, I this is a, this is the Lennon, McC- Lennon and McCartney of what is now Labs, you know, what is the, what what was the magic that, that took place there, do you think? He he could, he he was an ex-games developer working as a, um, working as a VFX lead um, in, in commercials at MPC. I think he, you know, I, I knew his girlfriend at the time uh, and I was telling her she sat next to me in production and I was like, you know, I really need someone who can do all this this this, this uh, graphics development, you know, for this pro- this project we're doing. Um, and, and she said, oh, you know, my boyfriend does that. So I went to speak to him and he was like, well, I'm doing this. So I then spoke to his boss and over the space of two or three months, he moved over mm-hmm. uh, and we started working together and we, a big project came through the door and it kind of solidified the you know, that it was the right thing to do for both of us. And um, we haven't really looked back from there. So it was, you know, coincidence Yeah. more than anything, you know. And I think, you know, Labs has been the beneficiary of a coincidence, you know, ever since. I think we've always seems to have been in the right place at the right time yeah. um, to, to get the next big job, yeah. Brilliant, yeah. And like you say, you've been through so many different kind of arcs as well. Like you say, you talked about how everything switched during COVID and, you know, just how... You almost gone with the ebb and flow of cultural changes and movements, whether it be retail or what we were just talking about with Jocelyn around, you know, these these big spaces and huge businesses. It's uh yeah, ever changing beast, right? It must be uh, an amazing part of the business to work in. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you never really know what's what's coming. Um and, and sometimes we open a crack in a door, you know, through conversations with a client and we don't really know what's on the other side mm. until they they give us what's been closely guarded over the last year. You know, it's uh, just Jocelyn knows well. It's like, you know, you crack the nut, but you're not quite sure what's inside. And by that time, you've taken the risk and you've taken it on. Yeah. So we, we're hopefully getting better at that. Excellent. Thanks, Johnny. 
Uh, so moving to the next question, uh, this is what I kind of call the kind of corny question. It's what's the best thing about being part of the, the Framestore Labs team? Jocelyn, perhaps you want to take that. What's the best thing about being part of this this crew of 26 people, give or take? Um, it's like being on a pirate ship. Uh, everybody's... Uh, <laughs> that, everybody's... That, that analogy again, I can, see, I can picture it now. <laughs> It's everybody's different, bringing something different to the uh, to the table. The hierarchy is rather flat, um, and which means that you know people you can speak to Robin, you can speak to Johnny, you can speak to Martha, and kind of uh, quickly get to a decision at mm -hmm. a critical uh, time because the clients are. You know, it's the accounts that uh, are uh, the largest accounts I've ever managed in my in my career in in you know yeah. in agency world, um, and um, you know so the the clients are very very demanding, um, and um, you know whether it's a Sunday it's three a.m. it's it, they don't really care. Um, so you need to make decisions quickly. You need to get results quickly, um, and you know not being in you know um, there's no friction with you know how you know the business running at a certain speed and could not run at the speed that you need to get things done and then the client going yeah that's okay mm -hmm. um you know so i think that's that's probably uh one of the aspect the aspects and then for me in terms of professional development uh, it's you know being on a pro on a product uh, development route, and then combining all the skills I gathered uh, you know in the agency world and digital and uh, retail architecture mm. uh, and and brand experience into one thing. So it taps into everything that I've one. kind of yeah. gathered, which was sort of um, unusual in in some respect for other jobs but here it makes use of all of it um, yeah. so it, it's it's great almost full circle isn't it when i was doing my my lazy research going through all of the roles you've had and i was looking at all of these companies and it's a real kind of melting pot isn't it of kind of you know marketing communications brands advertising agencies like it's yeah i agree with you it feels like the perfect kind of culmination of that experience that you've built up over the last 20 plus years absolutely awesome um johnny do you agree with the pirate ship analogy i mean you mentioned sailing the ship through uh, uncharted waters earlier so Sorry, are you uh, you there with your jolly roger and your i mean it's not the on your shoulder it's been used as the analogy um it is you know what was the question again uh, what's the best part of being what's the best thing about being part of the framestore labs team or framestore in general i mean justin summed it up very well um I, i'm not sure a huge amount to add i mean but i would all i would say is i'd reiterate you know one of the one of the great things about having so many people from from such a wide sort of skill set is that you can get advice very quickly yeah. and if you need to solve something and there's multiple occasions every week where we need to solve something that feels fairly critical mm. um, and we we get decisions made and actions taken you know within 48 hours and I, yeah. this is one of the things that we've always tried to sell our clients even as a this kind of white glove you know end-to-end -end service because we you know we we know we're not the cheapest um, but we know that we probably have the most amount of knowledge mm -hmm. you know out of all the different digital production companies if you will I think that's probably how we see ourselves yeah um 
that, that, that there are around. We know we know most of them. We know all the people we pitch against. We know um, yeah. we know pretty much which ones we're going to win, which ones we're going to lose. We know what the strengths and weaknesses of all of them are. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you know it, it's having that ability to be able to to, to change direction, to move quickly, um, mm. and less so now. Maybe we've we've got a product to work towards, but it's it's definitely the communication. And, and the trust mm. that, that we have in, in the people who work in labs. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the flat structure earlier. I mean, yeah, usually when you have quite like, you know, huge hierarchies, everybody's terrified of asking questions, of offering opinion, making suggestions. And actually, I imagine with the structure you have, you can't afford to have that hierarchy anyway, as you've said, but it must free up that creativity with the team. We've very recently introduced one tier. Okay. of hierarchy into into our org chart but it's only it's only been with us for a month um and it was only because we got to a certain size where yeah, yeah. the stand-ups were a bit unwieldy so it was like you run this team now you run that team and then you gather the information you need so that the stand-up can mm. be you know less than an hour and still work so i think it is there now and it has introduced a little bit of seniority and i think that's not such a bad thing no, fair enough. Well, when you when when you're running a pirate ship, you need to kind of you know keep the, the crew in in shape, right? Whip them up and make them walk the plank. Walk, and, walk the plank, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I've, I've got all the pirate metaphors now. I'm going to have fun with. What's it. the one where you where they go go under the boat? What's that one? Oh God! They tie them and they pull them under the boat, and they get they all get scratched up by the barnacles, and they've got to hold their breath from one side to the oh, other. Wow. And their mates have to pull them up. I like that. Wow. One. All right. Well, if we if we don't come up with it uh, during this episode, I'll get I'll get it in the. Sh- I'll get it in the show notes or do a quick Google while you're answering the next question. Brilliant, brilliant. I love it. What a great, great answer both. Thank you. Well, that was part one. Don't miss out on part two of the Framestore podcast happening this Thursday. We'll pick up where we left off, delving into further conversations that unpick the world of the Framestore labs department and, of course, tackle the remaining dailies questions. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then.